if you are asking yourself, who should I draft in 2021 fantasy football drafts? Should I draft DeAndre Swift or should I draft J.K. Dobbins? This is the video for you. Ding, ding, get in the ring. What is up, everybody? Back with another draft throwdown. If you are new to these videos, basically the, the format is simple. We have two guys who are going close in ADP. We are going to make our case. We're going to battle it out for which guy that we want to draft this year. And then you're going to let us know in the comments, who do you want? Who do you think won the battle? All that sort of stuff. But this is going to be an interesting one for us, Kev, because I know we're both you know pretty close on these guys. I know we have some similar feelings on both of these where we both feel like we could be ranking them too low and you know eight months from now at the end of the season whenever we're looking back at this it wouldn't surprise us if we were kind of like way off on where we have these guys but uh i i'm i'm looking forward to this throwdown i will be a gentleman the floor is yours first make the case for deandre's yeah actually he's he's just been some of this uh especially yeah, recently been growing. I mean, actually, I actually moved him up to our, my RB15, which is exactly where TFA has him. I still have J.K. Dobbins, I believe, at RB18. And so they're not they're not significantly far from each other. And it is, like I said, like I feel like I could probably, uh, you know, be feel like I was a little bit too low on these guys just because I think the, the ceiling is definitely there. But I, I will start with DeAndre Swift, who is my guy. And, um, you know, he only played 13 games last year, 14.6 fantasy points per game, 193 fantasy points overall, which is 16th among all running backs, while only playing 48% uh, of the opportunities, which is 31st among all running backs, 57 targets, for which was 13th, 114 carries, 521 rushing yards, 357 receiving yards, 10 total touchdowns. He wasn't crazy efficient, 194 yards created, 1.21 yards created per touch, only 19 evaded tackles as well, and a 1.69 yards per out run, which was sixth among all running backs. But the thing you absolutely love about DeAndre Swift is pretty easy, uh, is, is a few things. One, he's just a pass-catching monster. I think that it is really in the range of outcomes for him to see 80 to 90 targets of this offense, just mainly because there's just not a whole lot of other guys there right now. I mean, you have TJ Hawkinson, and then we're all like, you know, different people and, you know, are, are vying for Tyrell Williams and Rashad Perriman. And, you know, if uh, Amon Ross St. Brown can be a thing this year, like there's just not a lot there in this offense with Jared Goff to, to love. So I think we really could be talking about an Alvin Kamara type passing usage or, you know, it, I don't know. I don't think he gets Christian McCaffrey level, but I definitely think it's possible he sees 100 targets this year. I don't think it's crazy to say. And if he does, like in PPR formats, I just, it's hard to not love a guy who has that kind of ceiling because, as we know, targets are twice as valuable as a, as a carry. And so I'm not as concerned how much how many carries he's going to get. Yes, Jamal Williams is there. They brought him in, and I think he's going to be involved in this offense. But I do definitely think DeAndre Swift is probably going to handle 60% of the opportunities. He's not just a pass-catching back. He is perfectly capable of being an every down back in this backfield. He is not some little little running back. He's five foot eight, 212 pounds, with who runs a 4-4, which is a 83rd percentile, with an 81st percentile burst score. Like, but he's also a terrific pass catcher out of the backfield. He was undervalued last year coming into the process because of uh whatever reason. I mean he was at one time the number one R RB1 at some point 
And then, you know, the flavors of the week jumped in and everybody kind of started pushing him down. And he kind of was an afterthought. And then he went to Detroit. And people weren't excited about that either because it's Detroit. And so it's kind of the same thing this year. And so I just think that the pass catching volume is so high for him. Not to mention the fact that he's running behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. PFF graded them as 13th best against the run last year. And, you know, they added to that with adding Penny Suell, who's going to play right tackle this year for them. And then Frank Ragnow is still there. And um, Taylor Decker, who is going to be their left tackle. Like, this is going to be a really, really good offensive line. Really good offensive line. And so he's going to have space to operate. And like I said, the targets are going to be there for him. So that's why, and with J.K. Dobbins, um, it's just really tough for me to trust that they're going to utilize him in the passing game. Now, I think he has a higher ceiling as far as touchdowns is concerned because his Baltimore offense is going to be much more efficient and better than that when it comes to that. But... I, I just can't get away with his, from his pass-catching volume. Yeah, we'll definitely go back and forth a little bit here. I will make my case for Dobbins, and we can get into the uh, the, the back and forth a little bit. But the, the, the main thing for me, other than what, kind of what you descended with in terms of being in the, the better overall offense and having, the, having more scoring opportunity, you mentioned how DeAndre Swift wasn't a J.K. Dobbins, uh, with his touches rather, J.K. Dobbins was completely the opposite. He was uber efficient with his with his touches uh, and, and what he received in this offense. We were looking at a guy who had a sub-50% snap chair kick coming in at 48 and a half. That was 32nd amongst, amongst running backs. He had a 38.9% opportunity share, which was 44th amongst running backs. He didn't reach double-digit carries until week eight. And despite all that, he was still able to have the 16th most rushing yards while only being 33rd in carries. Now, we know this dude is a, is a great athlete. You can't really pick that as a, as a plus for him over Swift because Swift is a good athlete in his own right. We're looking at a guy, 5'10", 209, ran a 4'32 at his pro day. Even if you adjust that for the pro day time, give him like a 4'37". That's still 99th percentile, uh, 96th percentile speed score. He has a 98th percentile spark X score as well. And with all that, we obviously know that he is able to break off chunk runs and explosive plays at any time. Dobbins ranked in the top five last year in runs of 15 plus yards with 12. Like I said, he did all this on just 134 carries. Everybody ahead of him on that list had at least 230 carries outside of Nick Chubb, who only had 190. So explosive runner, better offense. But the thing that gets me excited, it is super encouraging still to this point, is that you know it's hard to trust all, all the training camp blurbs, right? But we have seen a steady drumbeat of Dobbins and the, the running backs in general being more involved this year in the passing game. We can take this all the way back to mini camps where where Harbaugh was saying that that was actually a key focus on what they wanted to start installing back in mini camps was getting the running backs more involved. Now Gus Edwards is is, is fine as a as a one B or a two, but Dobbins is the guy that you're going to want to use in that pass catching role. Is he going to have the eighty to ninety target ceiling like somebody like DeAndre Swift? Absolutely not. That, that, that is, that's not going to happen. That is not anywhere near in his range of outcomes. Even if every wide receiver on Baltimore, you know, went down with injuries, they were literally just running out tight ends and running backs and their pass catchers. He's not going to get 90 targets. That, that's not in his range of outcomes. 
But I do think with an expanded role this year in the run game, I, I would think that be, if they are going to be expanding the pass game a little bit more for Lamar Jackson, that's going to take away from his carries. Hopefully that's going to go toward J.K. Dobbins more so than it's going to go toward Gus Edwards. He, he does that, – that is a negative, right, that he's fighting with two other guys for carries where DeAndre Swift just has Jamal. Like, no one is going to confuse Jared Goff for Lamar Jackson. Like, that, that's not going to happen. But I do think we could see a, a slight decrease in Lamar's uh, rushing attempts. And hopefully, like I said, that goes toward either J.K. Dobbins carries or J.K. Dobbins targets. He did have he did have 24 targets, which not, you know, not blowing anything out of the water here. That's not, not a massive amount by any means. But if he could, you know, potentially – add 20 to that if he could get you know basically an extra target per game and he's more in like that 40 to 50 range I think that could go a long way and like I said he's going to be more involved as a running back as well so for me it is close but with the the tiebreaker I'm just going to go with the guy who's in the better offense he doesn't have the the target ceiling that DeAndre Swift does but better offense we've seen him do it we know he's going to be involved. We know what this offense is going to be. I think it's a more stable offense as well. And then, you know, it's it's way too early. I'm not going to, you know, be dropping DeAndre Swift down to, you know, running back 30 because of this. But he is dealing with a uh, – I, I think he has a groin injury right now. They've been limiting his reps. It doesn't seem like it's going to be anything that's going to affect him into the season. But as we sit here on August 5th, if we are drafting today – I would use those couple of things just to break the tiebreaker, and I would take Dobbins over Swift. It's hard to argue how efficient J.K. Dobbins was last year, but some of that comes with the fact that you're playing in an offense with Lamar Jackson. I mean, when you have to worry about uh, your quarterback rushing for a thousand yards every year, uh, or the opposing quarterback, uh, you know, you're not going to be, you know, really talking about much of a stack front. I mean, if you look at his stack front rate last year, you only seen a uh, stack front rate which is uh, more than six defenders in the box. Twenty twenty eight point four percent of the opportunity of the time was he facing a stack front and a lot of it's because of the fact that uh, you have to really put so much resources worrying about the quarterback and so um you know with with jk dobbins that it just it really comes down to the fact that i just can't trust he's going to be utilized in the passing game which i don't hate where he's going like if he falls to you but if it comes down to me and these two are on the clock i'm gonna take the guy who's gonna get passive who's gonna be the pass catcher you know especially at this range i mean you're talking about you know mid third round uh kind of where they're going and so you know, it's, it's tough for me to, to pass on that because likely the way that my team played out, I've either probably taken one or maybe possibly two running backs to that point. And if I want to load up on a third, you know, if you have a couple flex options, you could you could play a running back there and the wide receivers haven't stood out to you there. I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. And while, yes, uh, I think DeAndre Swift loses in the touchdown department in terms of the ceiling, because I don't know if he's probably not going to be a guy who's going to get you 15 touchdowns this year where you could, wouldn't be surprised if J.K. Dobbins did something like that in this, in this offense. And if they kind of go back to um, a few years ago where they really hone in and he does see 65, 70% of the, of the, the touches in this backfield, you know, J.K. Dobbins could be a guy that we, you know, we kind of feel like we're sleeping on, but I always lean towards in PPR formats and it's the absolute standard bearer right uh, now in, in, in fantasy circles is, is, is pass catching volume, right. And, and PPR formats. And so if it is, I got to go with that guy. And it's not to mention the fact it's not like Deandre Swift is like chase Ed, Like I keep saying, like he's talked about a lot, like he's just a satellite back. He's not like, he certainly could handle 80% of the opportunities in this backfield. And if you look last year, 
DeAndre Swift's final six games of the season that he played, he was the RB6 over the over those final six games. And he really started to really take over that backfield where he started seeing routinely um, the majority of the touches. Where earlier in the year, it, like you look at his snap rate, it was 42, 39, 10, 41, 37, 45. And I remember before Matt Trisha got fired, like, fucking Matt Patricia, play DeAndre Swift. What are we doing here with Adrian Peterson? And then in the second half of the year, 65, 41, 77, 56, 64, 69, 60% of the opportunity or 60% of the, uh, the snaps. He's, his, his usage, his routes, everything jumped up made, uh, big time. And that's why we saw over the final six games of the season – he finishes an RB. He finishes the RB six over that time span. Yes, he missed a little bit of time, I believe, because of concussion last year. But this is a guy who could see three hundred touches this year. It's definitely in the range of possibility. He has the size to be able to do it. And so for me, it's it, it, for me, it's just really easy for to, for me to go with DeAndre Swift. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely a close call. Um, I, I think this also comes down to you were kind of t- touching on you know. What running back is he? Is he your second or third back? I, I do think some of this comes down to your philosophy when you're drafting as well, right? Like if you're just if you're swinging for absolute upside at that point, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I said, th- these guys are super close for me. We're we're definitely cutting hairs here. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that does end up being Swift and he has kind of like a, a an Austin Eckler light kind of season where he like his pass catching floor just raises him above a bunch of these other options and he doesn't have to be a 200 carry kind of guy but as we sit here right now without trying to get into the weeds of all you know what running back is he and upside versus safety and all that in, in a vacuum as we sit here today i want jk dobbins for for all the reasons we talked about and you were touching on some of the pros and cons of, of both these guys so i don't want to double down and make this a a 25 minute video so Let's end it right here. We want to hear from you guys. Who do you want this year in whatever format you're playing, PPR, half PPR, non-PPR? Drop a comment, let us know, and do not forget to join our Discord community as well. That link will be in the description. So go go down there, click join, make an account, and come join us with the TFA fam. Until the next video, we will talk to you guys soon.